Welcome to Nexus Church Online. Today we'll be sharing with you a message from our Sunday service this week that I believe is going to impact your life. If you want more information about Nexus Church or what we do here, if you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, just check out Nexus Church Thief River Falls and we will pop up on Facebook as well as going to nexuschurchmn.com and you can find all the information online as well. We thank you for joining us and we pray that God will bless you and show you his favor this week. So today we continue our series, uh, Follow Me, where we're taking a look at Jesus' intro to ministry and his call to his followers uh, back in his day and today to follow him. Uh, previously, we've looked at a lot of healings that Jesus has done to a, a leper and to, uh, to many people who were dealing with satanic attacks. And today we're going to continue in another healing that Jesus does, but this time there's, there's a different feel to it. And for many of you, you may have heard this story before. It is the one of the paralyzed man who was lowered through the roof that Jesus was speaking in, a roof that was not exactly like roofs we have today. And so we're going to take a look at the story and we're going to question ourselves. We're going to ask ourselves, am I truly open to the move of God? You see, we so often pray for miracles, for healings of all kinds, whether it's physical, emotional, relational, financial. We ask Jesus to heal, but are we really open to God doing things the way He wants to. You see, He is supernatural. He is beyond what we can see or think or, or understand. And so often we like to put Jesus in this box and we like to believe that this is the way that He is going to move when in fact Jesus doesn't move the way we always want Him to. He does it a better way. So we're going to be taking a look at that and and hopefully coming to the conclusion that we will truly follow him. We truly believe that he can and will move in the way that's best for us and for the world around us. So let's take a look at Mark chapter 2, and we're going to be reading the first 12 verses and again, if you're following along in your Bibles, uh, I read from the Christian Standard Bible. If you're following along in a Bible app, uh, you can turn to that, and I will read it out of the CSB version for you. And so we read Mark chapter 2, verse 1. When he entered Capernaum, again after some days, it was reported that he was at a home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room. Surprise, surprise. Not even in the doorway, and he was speaking the word to them. So like every other instance that we read, Jesus is teaching God's word, the Old Testament. So they came to him bringing a paralytic 
carried by four of them, since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he got up, took the mat and went out in front of everyone. And as a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. What a powerful passage. Now, put yourself in the friend's shoes. How would we begin there? Right back at the beginning. You have a good friend dearly beloved person. Maybe you grew up with them. Many of these towns, these guys, they grew up with each other. They didn't leave their area. They grew up and they had a friend who could never walk. Maybe he got injured young. Maybe he was born that way. Maybe something happened in his adult life, but they cared for their friend. They had a burden to see him healed and when when they heard, when they heard about Jesus, they believed. And it was worth a, sh- a shot. Like, they've tried everything, right? Why? What's going what's gonna to heal him anymore? We've tried everything. We've gone to all the doctors. We've, we've tried all the crazy things that have been told that could cure this disease. We will go to this man who we've heard heals even leprosy. So they go. But they've been a little bit late on the call because when they get there, it's packed. They can't even get close to the door. It's packed. So they look around. Maybe they saw a ladder. Who knows? But I would like to know which one of them thought of going up on the roof? I mean, come on, think about that. I mean, what would you do? What would you do if that was your spouse, parent, loved one, best friend? What would you do? I suppose going up on the roof, if you knew that this was your only hope, this is your only chance, you won't get it again, he will remain a paralytic the rest of his life if you don't go. I suppose going up on the roof of this rickety old house where you could fall through at any moment or, worse yet, have the owner of the house come running after you trying to kill you because you just wrecked his house, 
But whatever the case, they took him up and they lowered him down by ropes. What would happen if, if Jesus looks up and he has a guy falling in his face in the middle of him speaking the word of God? Like right in front of Jesus, here comes the man. Now, what would you do if you're Jesus? This isn't the first time he gets interrupted. Remember when we were reading the story of the demon-possessed man who comes in in the middle of him preaching the word of God. He is once again delivering a powerful message, so much so that the whole house is filled, packed. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of him speaking the word of God, he hears noises. And pretty soon, things start falling on top of him. I mean, come on. Like, why is it that every time he has to deliver something of importance, people have got to interrupt him? And pretty soon, here's this man in front of him. And Jesus didn't get mad. I would have been ticked. Like, whose house is this? The, the text says it was his house. come on, like, I'm going to come out. I would have prayed for you. I would have healed you. Do you really have to put a hole in my house and interrupt me in the middle of telling these wonderful people about God and his love for them? Jesus didn't do that. In fact, he saw this man. He saw his friends, and he says, is bizarre, but it's not the first time he said this to a group. He said, your sins are forgiven. Remember that from last week? Jesus said the same exact thing. Now, these guys weren't there for it, and so I'm sure the moment they heard Jesus say that, they had to be looking at each other and say, oh, really? Like, his sins are forgiven. That's great, Jesus, but can't you tell that's not the reason why he's in front of you right now? He didn't come to have his sins forgiven. He came to be healed. Like, what is going on? And then enters the third group. As his friends are sit, sitting there looking on, immediately the next thing we read, is the scribes. Now the scribes, so you understand, these are like, these are the highly educated guys in the crowd. These were the ones that knew every single verse in the Bible, and they knew it well. Every aspect. They were the intelligent ones that knew every word, understood what they all meant and what they were pointing to, and they were, they were coming in looking to nitpick at Jesus and his every word to make sure that it was lining up with the word of God. And they were coming up with all sorts of things. And, and when Jesus spoke that immediately, when they heard him say, your sins are forgiven, a bunch of things start popping up in their mind because they're like, this can't be. Nobody but God can can forgive a person of their sins. What in the world does he think he is? He's a human being born of human parents. What is he? He is blaspheming. He's, he's not from God. He's not a scriptural teacher. He, he's 
preaching a false doctrine. We've got to get rid of him. We've got to kill him. We've got to get him out of here. All these things are firing in their brains, and they're about ready just to lash out at Jesus. But before they could even say a word, Jesus said something even more powerful. He asked them, what's going on? What's going on? Now, like, if that wouldn't catch them off guard, I don't know what would. Like, Jesus, before they could even say a word, they had all these things coming up, all these, all these things that they just wanted to accuse him of. But before they could even open up their mouth, Jesus addresses them. I mean, like, get a clue. Like, maybe who you're talking to truly is the Messiah that you were supposedly supposed to know was coming. Like, can't you figure out that all these things that were told about the Messiah, he is like a picture-perfect example of the Messiah? He's lining up with all these prophecies. Get a clue? But they couldn't. And you would think that when Jesus interprets every single thought, they would have really got it then. They still didn't. And so Jesus asked them this powerful question. So is it easier to forgive sins or heal? They had to feel like they were backed in the corner. Okay, first of all, he knows all of our thoughts. He knows exactly what we were thinking in that moment. And he addresses it right away. And then he asks us this question. This question that we, we're, we're in trouble. <laughs> Whatever we answer. Like if we say, it's easier to heal. Really? Um, last time I checked, nobody has healed a person of leprosy, and he just did it. Nobody just goes around healing a paralytic. We can't say that because it, it's not easy. Only, only God can send somebody to do that. But if we say, well, anybody can say, well, your sins are forgiven. If you offer up this offering, your sins are forgiven. Anybody can say that too, but, but truly, only God can forgive sins. So, what do we tell them? I'm sure they, were, they had that deer in the headlights look, and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> he did it again. He outwitted us. And so before they could even say a word in response, what does Jesus say? <laughs> so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, get up, Take your mat and go home. Jesus not only forgave the man of his sins, he healed him at the same time. Boom! Like Jesus, like, there you go. I'm powerful enough to do either. So, what no man has ever done before, and no man ever will do, I can do. And likewise, what no man can heal or cure or deliver a person from, I can do that as well. I am God. Get a clue, and here's proof. 
I can only imagine what the scribes felt like after that. I mean, you would have thought that they would have went out with their tail between their legs and never returned. Of course, we know that's not what happens in the end. But ultimately, Jesus is the victor. And so we have two responses today from this passage. We have those who doubted and questioned, right? The scribes, and of course, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, all the religious people of the day. They all questioned. They all doubted. You see, they were the ultimate authority, and somebody came in and proved that they weren't authority, that they weren't the ones that we could trust and look up to, because we should never look up to man. Humans are fallible. We will make mistakes. Even the smartest, most trustworthy people make mistakes. We are not perfect. And these guys were looked at as if they were. And so the perfect, the ones who were highly esteemed, they doubted, they questioned because he, he caused them. He caused them to be revealed that they aren't perfect, that they're not the wisest, that they don't get everything perfect or right. And so they questioned, they doubted, because God blew it all up with Jesus. But then there was a second group in the crowd that day. And what does it say at the end? It says that they were astounded and gave glory to God. You see, when Jesus came and he messed up everything that anybody ever thought to be the way to God, he came in and he made it new. He blew everything up. He, he, he healed everything. He cleansed people. He made them right with God. He changed everything. He, he, he didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled the law, and he created a new way to be right with God. He, he was the answer to the law, what they've tried to do for years and forever by creating this, this way to, to be right with God through, through Moses all the way through uh, all the Sadducees and all the Pharisees and all the religious folk from the day of Moses to the day of Jesus continue to create laws and ways to be right with God so that, that there would be no way that they would get it wrong. But in the end, all those ways that they had made to make sure they're right with God, they all crumbled when Jesus came up on the scene and they couldn't believe him. They couldn't believe him. They couldn't trust him because he had a different way, a way that was beyond natural abilities it was supernatural and it came through faith trusting that he's in control and that we must give him complete control of our life that's what jesus came in and he said and there was those who were in the crowd that glorified god and so today as we come to the end of our time together I want to ask you, we had a great example in our story today of 
how two different people respond when God does the unexpected. What do you do when God does the unexpected? How do you respond? You see, we like to... (laughs) We like to point fingers at these guys, right? I mean, how could they do that? How could they reject Jesus? Like, how could, how could they miss it? Like, he was doing miracles. He was healing people. He, he was delivering people from demons. Like, how did they miss the fact that, that everything in his life lined up with all the prophecies? How did they miss that? But you see, we're not much different. We like things a certain way. And when we come to, to Jesus and we ask him to work in our lives and to, to help us to, to follow him better and to, to line up our life with him, we have our way of thinking of how that looks and how it should be. And we, we, we ask these prayers, well, God, will you, will you show me what career to take? Will you show me what school to go to? Will you show me what person to marry and, and how many kids to have and where to live and all these things? And, and we're, we're asking God to bless our decisions more than we're asking, lead me. We have an idea in our head of where we want to go, and so we give him options. Show me which way. We already have it in a package. We're asking him to, to make those little fine ref, refinements. He's like, no, I have a different way. It has nothing to do with that. I want you to go over here. And you're like, I, I don't even see that. I don't, I don't get that. I, I, don't, I don't like that. It doesn't line up with what I think. God doesn't work in our, our natural ways. He's above and beyond. So he's asking you today, will you trust him? And maybe today, maybe, man, with, with this whole last year as we were entering into a a full year in just a few weeks of COVID and our lives being absolutely disrupted and interrupted. Maybe maybe it's been in this time where God's trying to really speak to you. I know he's been speaking to me. <laughs> I, I like things orderly and, and, and lined up, and I like to have a focus and a goal, and, and I ask God all the time, if I'm doing anything wrong, please, please show me and reveal to me and sometimes it takes things like total disruption of the whole world to get my attention. And maybe he's doing that with you too. Maybe he's like, come on, I've spent the last year, this whole world's a mess. I'm trying to reveal to you that I'm taking you someplace else. Will you be open? Will you trust? Will you be willing to take the chance? Sometimes it doesn't add up. I've had multiple times in my life where God has brought me to a place that I never thought I would get to. One was when I went to India, and we were waiting in customs as you enter in from going from this international flight to now we're going into the country and being in the domestic side. We're on the, on the approaching our destination I'll never forget when my pastor was lined up with us and we were waiting to go across and he had some visa issues that they, they flagged and they took him off to the side. And I mean, it was early in the morning. We've been on the plane for a lot of hours at this point. And I looked over to my team that 
I was with. I'm like, guys, if he gets sent back, we're going with him. None of us had ever been on a missions trip before, let alone going out of the country. I'd been to Mexico, woohoo, right? Like, we had no clue. But in that moment, when the pastor came out and he handed me all the stuff, he's like, they're sending me back. It's on your shoulders now. I'm like, no, it's not. We're going with you. He's like, you got this. God was speaking to me in that moment. And he was speaking to our team. You had your thoughts, but I have something else for you. And for every single one of us, I know that was, that was the moment that God really moved in our hearts and our minds. And we worked through a lot of things that if our pastor was there with us, it wouldn't have been the same. We grew. And I think there's a lot of people growing in this season. Will you take that next step? You say, God, I might not be going the right, down the right road that you want for me. And I want to, but I don't know how. I don't know how that looks. This is beyond the natural. I can't see it. Will you guide me? It might take a while, but if you wait, he will speak to you. You have to be an open spirit to let him speak to you because it might look totally different than you thought. Well, as we end our time together today, I think A.B. Simpson really put it together well when he said, when I cannot understand my father's leading, and it seems to be but hard and cruel fate, still I hear that gentle whisper ever pleading, God is working. God is faithful. Only wait. That is what we see in the picture of Jesus throughout his time on earth. He's good. Though the world around us is crazy and it may not make sense, and though he's, he seems to be leading you in a direction you never thought, the truth remains. Jesus is good, and he will not take you any place where he won't be by your side and show you his favor. Might not look the way you think it should, but his favor is what matters. And someday you will look him in the eye, and he will welcome you, and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome to my presence of eternal peace, joy, and love. Deeper love than you ever could know here on earth. So trust Jesus today. He died so that you could have a possibility of knowing his goodness for all of eternity. Father, I pray for those listening today God, I ask that you will speak into their hearts, God, and remind them that you are good. And that no matter what they're facing today, they might be at the end of their ropes. They may have gone through a season right now where everything looks totally different. God, I pray that they can, they can flip the script and they can look at this situation as the hope 
as the hope that you are working things together for good, even in the midst of pain and sorrow, that you will turn this for good and you will use it to build your kingdom and to change lives around us, each and every one of us. And so I pray that you will remind your people right now that you are in control and that you love them and have plans that are beyond anything we could imagine. And they are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us today for our message. Pray that it encouraged you, built you up, and maybe challenged you as well. And we will see you again next week.